Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to our Cloud Wars Newsmakers series. And we're delighted here to have a chance to sit down and chat with Mike Cecilia, who's the Executive Vice President for Oracle Industries and has really been a driving force behind Oracle's move into a lot more industry-specific capabilities. Mike, good to see you. Bob, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Mike, so you've got this uh, pretty cool event going on here. We are in the New York Stock Exchange. We're in the Hamilton room. Uh, that grandfather clock, I think, was wound by Alexander Hamilton. Maybe not, but you know, we're going to say it for the purposes of this. But Mike, financial services, you know, at the heart of what's going on here, the stock exchange. Um, could you talk a little bit about, you know, where the uh, financial services business is now for Oracle, why these customers feel they need the type of specific capabilities that Oracle is able to deliver. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I mean, financial services in particular, banking, Bob, has always been a, a, certainly a big industry for Oracle. If you go back to even the founding days of Oracle, banks were some of the first consumers of the Oracle database at scale. I mean, obviously it makes a lot of sense, right? Um, it, when you're talking about businesses at scale, they're moving tremendous amounts of data around. That's where Oracle, uh, you know, Oracle was founded and Oracle shines and continues to shine. Over the years, um, we added uh, many application customers mm -hmm. um, with the acquisition of iFlex many years ago with four yeah. banking systems, yeah. many large banks, uh, to uh, to the application portfolio at Oracle, and then continued to uh, to really uh, push our ERP systems and HCM systems, all of which became you know very popular choices for our banking customers. And I think we saw three to four years ago, we started to see like everybody else to shift to cloud for the horizontal applications, ERP, HCM, supply chain, things like that, uh, just like every other industry. Where there was some hesitation were with those core banking assets, right? Sort of the, the, the heart and soul of what yeah. your business, what you do. Yeah. We've talked about operating technologies and critical operating technologies yeah. and, 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 and the curve and, and, and the process that it takes for people to get comfortable to move that. Um, all of a sudden, you know, you're starting to see uh, a real um, appetite to yeah. move those core, those core, those core assets to the cloud. For, as you said, for the same reasons they move everything else, right? It's yeah. elasticity, yeah. it's being able to do more, you know, be able to do more with more, right? You've yeah. got more computing power, you've got, uh, you know, more security and, and hopefully more velocity, uh, you know, among your, uh, among your employee base as a result. So that's why we're here today. Uh, we're also celebrating uh, 10 years on the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. So uh, we opened and rang the bell today, which was, uh, which was a lot of fun. But uh, we've got executives here from many of our large financial services companies throughout the world. And uh, it's great to uh, great to have you here as well. Oh, Mike, thank you. Thank you. Now, could you talk a little bit more about what were some of those factors, right? Because you said all of a sudden, you know, it's kicking in. Yeah. Um, so in general, they're feeling more comfortable about the cloud solution. But is mm -hmm. there also, it feels like there's a sense of the traditional ways of, of how they ran their technology operations have been terrific. But the needs of today and tomorrow seem to be different. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, it's very, it, it is very fair. Well, you think about what's happening, in, in particularly in the big banks today. There's a lot of really big irons still running yeah. some of these things, mainframes. But it's not unusual that we're 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 running into mainframe replacements, or you know, in, 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 you know, best case, mini series yeah. coming coming out of here. Yeah. Uh, so it's a generational shift, and, and and banks were one of the, the the first vertical industries, you know, to to verticalize. So they they build a lot of it themselves on top of uh, you know bespoke systems. And I think, look, like everything else, Bob, at some point it becomes very expensive and very non-elastic to yeah. maintain these really old systems. Now, the other thing we have going on is lots of geopolitical tensions, lots of uncertainty and uh, regulatory environments that are changing very quickly. So um, do you, you have to make a decision, do you want to be in the business of maintaining a bunch of bespoke software yeah. to, to, you know, to deal with all that stuff, or would you rather have that as a service provided? And uh, I, I think that's led a lot of the charge recently. Mike, 
you know, over the last several months when we've chatted, you've talked about how Oracle's in, in the appropriate ways, bringing together like its horizontal LOB apps and the industry apps. What's happening there with financial services? Anything notable? Yeah, I, I think, well, I think it, it, you know, one of the ones that makes a tremendous amount of sense that we're seeing great traction in is the combination of ERP plus our core banking system, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, if you think about ERP as the, the center of what you do in a business, um, no matter what the business is, and then how do you how do you integrate that with a vertical with a vertical application? You know, and, and, and different verticals are different touch points, but that core general ledger, right? That core ERP, and how do you integrate with that your trading, the aggregate of your trading systems, your core banking systems, your depository systems? You know, that's where we're seeing big banks lean in very, very heavily. And what they like is the fact that we can bring an entire solution to the market, right? Yeah. Because what happens is that integration makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. But if you have too many providers involved, the integration ends up becoming the problem for the customer. Uh-huh. And it becomes the most expensive piece of a long time mm-hmm. sort of maintainability and sustainability of these systems. So uh, that's been uh, that's been a pretty popular topic among uh, our large banking customers is integration between our core banking systems, cloud systems, and Fusion ERP. And it seems, Mike, where Fusion ERP goes, sometimes you know HCM can follow and others. And again, I think it's been fascinating to watch how Oracle's brought some of the capabilities from the horizontal apps into verticals and vertical capabilities the other way. Do you work some with customers to try to find out what's the the mix they're looking for here? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. And in healthcare, for example, uh, we're creating healthcare specific functionality in mm-hmm. our supply chain management systems and our HCM systems for, for exactly yeah. that reason. Um, in healthcare, the, the challenge with scheduling staff and somewhat of a gig economy where you've got nurses and sometimes even doctors and providers that are, you know, on flexible schedules, they're contractors. Um, how do you get all these people scheduled? How do you get them paid? How do you make sure that their their licenses are compliant? Yeah. Um, this is functionality that other businesses may not need, but um, what they don't want to do is create another custom bolt-on bespoke system. Uh-huh. So we're actually putting that functionality into HCM. I think in in, in every regulated industry that we uh, we we operate in, you'll see a similar pattern follow where we had vertical specific technology that complements our vertical operating technologies right. into the horizontal applications as well. Okay. And Mike, it seems, you know, financial services, you know, everything from, you know, money laundering, fraud detection, the regulatory challenges that are going on. Plus you get this generational thing now where yeah. um, <laughs> I, I doubt that there's a lot of 25 or 30 year olds who think about banks or banking or their own personal money management the way I did, you know, a hundred yeah. years ago. So you've, Banks have to have that flexibility too to to change as the consumer demand or business yeah. customer demand changes, right? So they're probably looking to you guys to help make us more nimble, more flexible. Yeah, they are. And, and as you point out, um, you know, as, as the world has moved to a cashless economy and the yeah. digital economy has taken over, unfortunately, bad actors have become far more sophisticated yeah. as well. I go back to really the core of where I started with yeah. the Oracle database being the foundational yeah. aspect that we had. Um, what we're investing heavily in right now in anti-money laundering cloud, for example, is graph databases and the ability to basically take a bunch of structured data and unstructured data and bring it together into, into a graph and look for patterns and find patterns for people mm-hmm. to, uh, doing bad things. Now, what you're not going to be able to do, Bob, practically is replace every single operating system all at once, right? right? So that's why I think these cloud services that really meet you where you are, right? Yeah. And be able to take all of this data, no matter the source of it, whether if it's a if it's if it's a structured database, if it's a, you know, scanning unstructured data, if it's documents, whatever it is, bring it together into a graph database so that you can do proper analysis to look how money's actually moving uh-huh. around, and uh, that's how you're gonna you're gonna stay on top of the uh, the bad actors. To be nimble, 
Um, you've got to be able to do that as a service as well. Right. So you got to take every one of these existing systems and have them feed a system like this, which is going to be the most nimble aspect of this thing. We can change that very quickly, mm -hmm. right? We can tune that. We can work with our customers to, to put new algorithms to look at vector databases and other things that make a lot of sense in, in AI. Um, what you're not going to be able to do is rip and replace every single operating system. And that's where I think that, you know, a big testament, why move? Why think about it? Well, I've got a bunch of stuff I got to maintain. It's going to take me some time to maintain it. But by the same token, um, very easy for bad actors to gain, gain the old stuff. Not so easy for them to uh, to gain the new stuff that we yeah. surrounded with. So yeah. it's a two for one. Hey, my one thing with financial services, I want to mention, you know, I remember as a kid, my dad said to me one time, he said, well, you know, that they're working on bankers hours. Yeah. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, the banks are open Monday to Friday, nine to three. He said, uh, it's nice. He said, if you can set your own hours. And isn't that funny? You know, uh, in a way, that was a long time ago. But the, the whole flip there, that it was the banks that sort of set the rules for how things go. Right. So when you talk about all the things, the flexibility, these new capabilities you bring in tied into the traditional strength of things like the Oracle database, it is... Uh, I think one of the reasons why we're seeing you know, the success from these so-called legacy companies like Oracle into the cloud, because you can play in the modern new world as well as bring the best of traditional um, technology and capabilities and all the expertise you brought up over time. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, and obviously we work on 24-7 uh, schedules uh, yeah. in, in the cloud because uh, good things and bad things happen 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, and we've got to be on top of that seven days a week. And and we've seen a lot of the consumer model shift too among our banking customers who who would do a lot more of the, of the nine to three, you know, yeah. a lot more than the nine to three stuff. Now, a lot of banks are open weekends and things like that too. So, so, the, so, so the, so the retail aspect of banking has also changed yeah. dramatically. And of course, a lot of it shifted from, you know, traditional in-person and those nine to three days. I remember those as well, yeah. trying to figure out how I was going to get to the bank to deposit my paycheck because I didn't get out of work until like the bank was actually <laughs> closed. Um, you know, you've shifted to, uh, you know, to, to a digital experience as well, which we're happy to partner with our customers. Yeah. Mike, one of the questions about financial services I wanted to ask you, then maybe talk more broadly about what you're doing with industries. Yeah. And that is, uh, I, whether it was three, four, six months ago, somewhere in there, but I thought there was this fascinating uh, announcement by Oracle that you were going to start to work with a couple of customers who would in some ways then become partners. So yeah. in financial services, JP Morgan Chase. Right. So when you talked about that ERP is the backbone uh, along with core banking, could you talk a little bit about what this new uh, type of industry partnership with a company like JP Morgan Chase is all about? Yeah, it's a great point. And it's, I think, a really a testament to how the cloud enables new ventures and, yeah. uh, you know, new models for uh, for partnerships that otherwise you wouldn't you wouldn't have in traditional on-prem days. So specifically, what we're talking about is for B2B transactions, mm -hmm. being able to automate the supply chain, you know, the, the, uh, not, not, just the, not just the order itself, but the credit worthiness and yeah. the payment of that for B2B transactions. Uh, with J.P. Morgan being the bank, of course, we're not a bank. Uh, we're yeah. a supplier of technology to the bank. But um, you know, since we since we both have a common interest and, and a common platform in the Fusion ERP cloud, it allows us to connect these transactions in a way that you know we can do this in a fully automated, fully automated mm -hmm. fashion. I think the same thing can happen, Bob, with logistic providers as well. When you think about, okay, I'm going to order something, I'm going to pay for something automatically. My credit worthiness is already established. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to have it. You have it shipped automatically from the same system as well, and, yeah. and the logistics partner is notified. So, so these kind of you know tripatriarch or or or, or you know tripart partnerships yeah. or, or 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 dual partnerships, I think um, 
really allow us to establish a level of intimacy with our customers that dramatically different um, than it was in the day of just, you know, kind of dropping off boxes and being disintermediated yeah. by a service provider. Uh -huh. It's a whole different world. And, and new business models emerge as a result. Yeah. The, and you then become a facilitator of their uh, necessary, you know, requirement to become a different sort of company, not just what we did in the past, but what are the new types of growth yep. opportunities I mean, in the future? Another example is we're now in the consumer payments business, right? Uh -huh. We're competing directly with Toast, Square, and others. Mm -hmm. We're we we Oracle um, are live at almost fifteen hundred Waffle Houses really? in the United States right now for our consumer payments technology, and um, we got banking partners. Obviously, somebody has to clear the transaction. You know, we've got uh, credit card partners that we partnership with all the digital digital payments uh, processes to bring it, and it's really the power of our cloud technology that allowed us to get beyond just a B two B experience and in the B two B to C. Experience. I think you'll see that repeat in, in other verticals like healthcare as well. Okay. So, you know, differentiated models powered by the cloud, obviously uh, all harnessed around, you know, the thing that's paramount at Oracle, and that's security. Um, Mike, as you, you know, you mentioned these other industries too, just as a, as a catch up there, since you sit atop all the industries that yeah. uh, businesses that Oracle's involved in, what are some of the other things that, you know, stick out to you as really, uh, you know, forward looking, innovative ways that, some of the different industries are changing. Yeah, I think if you look at um, the the conglomeration of retail, hospitality, and food and beverage, you know, obviously three three industries that were dramatically impacted by COVID. Yeah. Um, coming out of COVID, their demand for the cloud is higher than ever because um, they look at it and say, "Well, the cloud for me is elastic, and God forbid if there's another if there's another pandemic or another shutdown or another event, I got to be elastic. I can't have all this inventory in terms of IT assets sitting around in a data center that's completely underpowered, which I continue to have to depreciate, uh, you know, because I have no choice but to do that. I've got to move, and in that move, these new these new business models also open up as a result. And retail, for example, you know, we're we're tightly integrating Fusion ERP with our merchandising system. Okay. You know? and, and retailers almost see merchandising as an extension of ERP. They see it as a as, as a natural module in ERP. Whereas in other verticals, yeah, it's not it's not a, it's not a thing, if you yeah. will, right? Yeah. But the fact that we're in all these verticals means that we can tailor each one of these solutions, you know, by vertical. I mentioned in food and beverage, um, we were in the point of sale business, continue to be in the point of sale business for a very long time. Uh, for a micros acquisition, we've now added direct consumer payments as well. On, on top of that, we've added online online ordering. We're working with third party delivery aggregators to basically dispatch delivery drivers for um, you know for for people who order online uh, through through some of our our uh, micros customers as well. If I swing the pendulum to another industry completely, uh -huh. clinical trials, pharmaceutical. Yeah. Um, what are we seeing happen there? Um, might be surprising, but the the pharmaceutical business was dramatically impacted by COVID as well. The sheer number of clinical trials reduced um, yeah. by a lot for yeah. a simple reason. You couldn't bring people to the hospital yeah. because the hospitals were overwhelmed. Now, of course, there were a lot of COVID clinical trials going on. At one point, we were managing 120 clinical, clinical our software is being used to manage 120 clinical trials for COVID, either therapeutics or vaccines around the world. Seems like a lot. That's a pretty small number compared to the number of clinical trials that are usually running yeah. in that same period. Yeah. Um, what are they getting excited about right now? I mean, they're super excited about this partnership with NVIDIA. Super excited about bringing high-performance compute GPUs to doing biologic and molecular sim you know, simulation. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to see a point where um, they come up with some breakthroughs that has potential that we could be experimenting with new medications on the computers 
far before we're spending with them on people today. And as such, I think we create a, you know, a more, a better, safer experience for, for humans uh, involved in, in clinical trials. So really runs the pendulum. Yeah. You know, yeah. Waffle House payments, um, great business, great customer, great yeah. partner. We love them. Um, some of the biggest farmers in the world getting excited about uh, being able to have access to GPUs that otherwise were even 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 by standards were pretty expensive yeah. and pretty pretty out of reach to run. Mike, I want to go back to the Waffle House thing for a second because sure. a few months ago you and I were chatting and you mentioned this thing with Waffle House. What was the story too there about the uh, simplifying, streamlining, and making the 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 billing more easier is leading to better tips right? oh, yeah. for the. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah, I was uh, I was uh, I was at a Waffle House uh, in in a Waffle House uh, in the restaurant, and uh, I, I'm quite a fan of actually of, of their of their stuff. I spent a lot of time in uh, my younger years in Waffle Houses uh, when I would visit uh, certain parts of the country. But anyway, um, before we we um, brought the uh, the solution around, Waffle House could take, for example, Apple Pay, some other mm -hmm. digital payments. And what happens is that um, people get frustrated by yeah. that because they expect that when they go in anywhere, they can use Apple Pay. You yeah. tap your phone, you're good yeah. to go. Um, the fact that we can now do that has led, we think, to better tips for servers. Because what happens is when people get upset, they take it out on the server, right? Yeah. And if you go in and you look at these hardworking people who work at Waffle House, um, they depend upon those tips to feed their family, you know? And they work very hard to culture. It's an amazing culture there, an amazing, amazing organization. Um, and um, from the top to the, you know, from the top to everybody in every store. And I didn't realize that that would have such a dramatic yeah. impact, you know, on on people's lives, and uh, it's uh, it's quite humbling and quite thrilling to be able to uh, to be a yeah. part of something like that. Yeah, I, it it brings the technology so much more to the forefront. You know what you've described here, from you know different ways that people can access money in some ways. You're helping with that. The uh, what you just described with you know Waffle House and the servers, but. There's another one in there too. I wanted to just to go back about the clinical trials, Mike, because yeah. I think for a while, you know, we, uh, whether it was the nature of the pharmaceutical industry and all the regulatory issues that went around, it was these numbers close, right? It was like 10 to 12 years to get a new drug approved and what, a couple billion dollars? A couple billion. Yeah. With what you talked about, the new prospects with NVIDIA and what Oracle and NVIDIA are doing together, working with your customers. Do you see clinical trials being able to crunch? I, I think we can dramatically um, reduce the, the time to market uh, for clinical trials as a result. I think the other thing that we can do um, is more accurate, more accurately place ideal candidates in clinical trials, yeah. and that is with genomic sequencing. So we're partnering with a company, Oxford Nanopore. Uh, we talked quite a bit about this. Uh, what they've done uh, is uh, utilize cloud technologies. We're, 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 we're partnered with them in this to uh, make a whole genome sequencing far less expensive and far more portable, meaning that these are portable devices that you can bring to the patient. And it's a simple a simple saliva test to do a whole genome sequence. And we can turn that around in you know, a matter of a few hours. Uh -huh. uh, today, that uh, costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time to do that. And frankly, it's not done in most trials. So when you have that whole genome sequence, you understand the patient's DNA. You understand how they may or may not metabolize mm -hmm. the particular medicine. Um, you can actually maybe keep people out of a trial who shouldn't be in a trial for safety reasons, but probably find, um, you know, probably find somebody that you really want to get into that trial to, to, to determine whether or not this is, uh, this is, this is uh, 
you know, uh, a good medication. And that will help accelerate as well, too. The more the more ideal people you can place in the trial, the better data you'll get yeah. and the more data yeah. that you don't have to throw away and, and redo. So, you know, I think that whole loop of things is uh, is important. And being part of the ecosystem, you know, being an enabler of the ecosystem for that technology is, uh, is really important to us. I mean, look, Bob, our customers are going to do the work in that space to continue to humble us mm -hmm. every single day mm -hmm. and continue to make us very proud to be their partners. Our job is to provide them the best High, most high performance secure technology we can to do all that good work and uh, we're starting to see quite a bit of it now oh, that mike that sounds great and you know i think one of the reasons i have been so uh sort of taken by this industry specific capability is when you're talking with customers they're saying yeah it plays into efficiency some and productivity which is all fantastic but the other thing is that it opens our eyes to new possibilities new opportunities to do things were either never possible before or that we didn't have the wherewithal to do it, the partnerships, alliances, capabilities, you know, whatever it might be. So that is, I think, to me, the thing that I find most exciting about what's going on. And it's great talking with you about it because that clearly comes through in the stories you tell about uh, whole new ways of doing things. Well, we're uh, we're happy to be a part of it. And uh, I really do believe it's uh, as much progress as we made and as and, and as fantastic as it has been, we're really still at the beginning yeah. and there's so much more to go. And I was speaking with a, you know, there, there's all this fear in the world about, you know, AI replacing, you know, replacing humans and all this stuff. Like, I'll just give you one small example. Yeah. So it's estimated that by the year 2030, the United States will be short 900,000 nurses, right? 900,000, so almost a million nurses short. Population continues to age, the birth rate continues to decline. Um, we're going to need a lot more people to take care of people. Now, I'm not really worried about large language models and generative AI replacing a nurse. Yeah. What I'm more concerned about is how do I get it into the hands of the nurse to be able to help that person do their job more efficiently, right? And these are the things that I think as we cut through the hype and we cut through the fear, the fear cycles, we can actually get to a point where we can generate discharge notes, we can generate doctor's notes, we can generate patient safety, uh, patient, sa patient safety encounters, we can generate after visit summaries. And we can get them into the hands of the medical provider who still needs to verify. Uh, this is not a replacement for the right. person. But if we can if we can take that nurse and we can give them more patient time and less system time as a result of it, then I think we've got a tremendous win. Those are exactly the things that we're focused on. Yeah. Wow. Mike, that's great note to end on that. Thanks so much for this update here. And folks, thanks to all of you. We've been speaking with Mike Cecilia, Executive Vice President of Oracle Industries about some of the remarkable new things Oracle is doing with vertical industry technology. Thanks. We'll see you next time. All Mike, right. thanks. That was great. Great. Right. Well done. Anything else you want to cover while I'm here? I'm just going to see.